Episode 84 is here, everybody. Kevin Ninthavong, professional photographer, specializing in scantily clad, risque photos of uh, predominantly women in Cleveland and around the surrounding areas. And uh, was a fascinating episode, hearing his story, his journey, his path from abandoned building photography to now uh, shooting some of the city's most beautiful women. And check him out. He is on Instagram at church with a K, C-H-U-R-K-H. Again, C-H-U-R-K-H. Check him out. We've linked it all in the show notes. And uh, you will be very appreciative for Kevin like we all are. So uh, with that said, please enjoy this episode. But before you do, click subscribe. If you haven't yet, subscribe. Join the Optimal Life family. The family's growing. The audience is growing. The podcast is growing. And I want you to be a part of it. And with that said, please, as always, sit back, relax, and enjoy the next episode with the one and only Kevin Inthavon. The Optimal Life. There's nothing, there's nothing worse than when you have plans with somebody and you have a, a set schedule and, and, and then you're sitting around for 40 minutes, 45 minutes waiting for them to, to pull up. So I'm used to that. So I appreciate you doing that. We're starting early, everybody. Yeah. I can I can totally relate. Um, even if I show up early, it'll, it'll be an hour, an yep. hour early, and then somebody shows up forty five minutes late. Then I've already been there. Well, you're used because you're, you're yeah. used to this, right? I yeah. mean, people people come to your studio. Do you do most of your shoots at the studio? Um, since I've gotten it, yes. Um, also, like it's been cold for the past couple of days, and like weather's unpredictable, so it's the safe safest bet. Right. How often? How many times a week are you shooting? Um, I try to. Get at least minimum three sessions in there a week. Okay. I've done as many as three sessions a day. And like when you say sessions, you're talking what hours or? We're talking we're talking about hour sessions to three hour sessions. So sometimes, the sessions, okay. Yeah. Sometimes people do their makeup there as well. Uh, sometimes some people just need to decompress. Some people are like, hey, I need a I need a glass of wine before we get started. I'm like, oh, whatever. I you thought need. maybe we were gonna have some drinks tonight, but uh, we're going with the water instead. I would. It's probably safer yeah, that way. But that's. <laughs> I was like, like maybe, maybe when you come back for round two, we'll do some shots and we'll we'll get it going over here. Oh, absolutely. We'll get Danny in that chair. Oh, that'd be a great time. Do a do a third. So how do you guys know each other? Um, Danny had thrown a couple events over at the Red Space Hot Cards venue. Um, I was just there as a guest, and I had brought my camera, and he had reached out a couple days afterwards about the photos that I took. And then he invited me to hang out with him at Forward. So what does this go back? He was doing this what several summers ago. I think this I think all it, started when he was doing those like party promotions and those kind of things. Yeah, I think about two and a half, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a different time, and I haven't been in touch since then. Since then, he's thrown a couple events that I've attended, but we aren't particularly close but we've always admired each other like if we're in the same room we'll handshake each other so what you would go to these events and just start shooting and put out content yes and sometimes like the invitations there and i was like hey we want to hire you to shoot um i also just like bringing my camera along in case anything happens in particular like sometimes it's the best way to network and it's a great conversation piece you know i had on uh Kirill. you know the dude Kirill was here yeah he came on the podcast. He didn't do it in person, but he came on the podcast before he came to Cleveland last summer. He was doing a party here at Forward, actually. Yeah. He came on uh, via phone, and I didn't realize, but that's exactly how he got started. 
which I'm sure you're familiar with. You just have to show up. Just showing up. He, he just showed up. He was the photographer at the part at the party. Yeah. And next thing he knew, he was said he was putting his pictures online, and it was kind of when the the internet was just getting big with blogs and all those kind of things. And then it was New York City, and it was blowing up all over the place. And fast forward, whatever, 10, 15 years later, it's like, how did I end up here doing professional party throwing? And it all started from just a click of the button. Yeah. Um, I was also there that night. He was on forward. And that was a very weird night because... I was there too. Yeah, I was just not expecting any of that. Pretty wild, right? It was pretty wild. <laughs> I was like... Blow up dolls, milk. Yeah, that was that was really weird. Champagne showers. Did you know that LeBron was there too? I heard about that, that they were up in the corner, right? Yeah. At one of the... It's a bad first impression. <laughs> uh, who were you there? Were you there shooting or were you just there to have a good time? I was there to check out this guy because I had heard what he does and it fascinated me because i knew if a local tried to pull that here it wouldn't fly yeah you know we were surprised um what that we went with a group of people i was my, i was married at the time and and some of our friends and we were like wow how is forward getting away with you know we were just kind of surprised it wasn't really their clientele it wasn't really the vibe i think those guys were a little apprehensive about it yeah but it was an opportunity sometimes it's that shock factor that just all right let's take a flyer on it see what happens yeah i mean they sold out the place lebron showed up obviously it was a wasn't that bad of an of an idea yeah it looked you like know? it looked like a great time i had a great time just like doing my own thing um yeah i know the videographer for forward pretty well and he was just like i don't know if i can use any of this stuff because of who is that Drew Griffin. I've seen him on Instagram as yeah. well. He's got some good stuff. He's amazing. Really good. The first time I met him, we went on a road trip to photograph. He's awesome, man. He does three. like those uh, yeah. recap videos of the weekends at Forward and the parties. Yeah. Badass. Yeah. And he's of a different caliber because he's also like a filmmaker, not just a videographer. Mm. So he'll script everything, storyboard. So he'll go above and beyond for his videos. Really? Yeah. So how does that work? He'll what do you mean he'll store like how do you storyboard the forward like a weekend forward? So you'll you'll notice that some of them are like cut from different particular days, or he'll follow one particular girl, or he'll set up a shot. Like he's not just waiting for something to happen. He'll direct on set. Mm -hmm. He'll direct while all that chaos is going on. So is he kind of putting that stuff in place prior to the? Sometimes, and also, like, when you have a staff like Forwards and, you know, they have to deal with all of the, the bullshit of the nightclub industry, it's like, hey, I need you to just run around on camera for a bit. We're just like, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like what Kirill does. Yeah. He showed up, everyone's like, oh, how does he get these girls to do this? Like, dude, Kirill's got fucking girls that he hires that he brings into these yeah. shows all over the country. Are you kidding me? Like, how do these girls want to do this? He he has a he has a band of like a half dozen of them that show up. Yeah. They start it. The other drunk girls in the crowd go, Oh, it's okay, it's safe. Look at those girls are doing it. Yeah. Meanwhile they don't have they have no clue those they, girls are being paid. Yeah, they have no that. idea. <laughs> so how did you get into uh, I mean, I seen your Instagram and you've got some great stuff, man. And uh, how did you get started into photography? Um, didn't start off with photographing people. I was a part of this huge um, wave of Instagram that was into trespassing. Trespassing? Trespassing. So rooftops, mm. abandoned buildings. Um, I'd done that before I even got in a camera. And then 
you start to see this stuff on Instagram. I was like, I should photograph. Did you see I that do. special on? Uh, sorry to interrupt. You, on um, on Netflix, that Instagram, Insta Famous, or yeah, yeah, one it's of like those special. Yeah, one of those specials had had one following around that camera guy from uh, New York City. Just, yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, um, Diaz or uh, yeah, I don't remember his name. I remember his ad handle. But he was always doing the same thing, climbing up the bridges, yeah. trespassing buildings. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's where I got started. Where the business off at. is yeah. I did that for a couple of years until it got to the point where um, I had a lot more to lose. Like, I would lose clients if I somehow would end up in jail, you know, for a weekend or if I wasn't able to respond to something. But take us back to what that. You're, you're trespassing buildings, so you're going in. You have no idea what to expect, right? I mean, you're walking into just... Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I would go by myself because um, I was the new kid on the block, and people already had their cliques of mm -hmm. sorts, mm -hmm. so... Um, I would go in on my own um, and just and figure it out from there. I would also go to spots where people thought weren't possible. I would go into also live construction sites. That's always a good one. Um, Were you ever just, I mean, every? I'm sure the heart rate would start to creep up oh, every time you start walking. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the most terrifying experiences, like, um, I'm on a rooftop, and this is the building right next to the city club. It's a hotel now, downtown in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. It's right across from the Nine. Um, it was still under construction. I'm on the rooftop and just taking some photos. And then I was like, oh, look, there's a couple clouds coming over. And I was just like, those are some really cold or like really low clouds. And then I was like, it's getting cold. And I was like, oh, shit, it's about to snow. And then I was like, I climbed from the outside of this building. So I needed to get down before anything got too slippery. Right. How many stories? Like, how high are you up? Um, I think this one's 14 floors. Oh, shit. Including the rooftop. So you're looking like 150-ish feet, give or take. Yeah, probably. and this is when the building was still under construction, so I'm, I'm on scaffolding. Oh, my God. Like, there's no stairs yet. Wow. And, like, I'm not going to use the service elevator. What time was that at? Usually the best time to go is right after construction ceases, which is usually after 10, because Cleveland doesn't have... A 24 hour like construction like, so this period. is like pitch black at night um I mean it's still Cleveland like there's still light outside or like it's it's dark outside but we're talking about like street lights and like, right. windows and just there's still traffic going on downtown just no one looking up Wow so you're coming so you're up there and then you got to work your way down like what kind of what kind of feeling is that and what kind of like when you get to the bottom whatever content you were able to capture like you think to yourself, was that worth it? Or sometimes I'm like, it wasn't worth it. And then sometimes I go in unprepared. And like I mentioned before, I'd started climbing and doing all this stuff before I had a camera. So I was still in the process of just like like um organizing all that. So sometimes I would even get up to a rooftop and realize I forgot a memory card or like oh, oh there's God. batteries. Dead. Really? Um the first time I got into the city club, it wasn't no not the city club. The first time I got into the nine building and the Heinen's right next to it. They weren't the nine in the Heinen's yet. So I'm going up the stairs in the nine and I think I'm like hitting like floor 24. And I was like, I'm gonna get my camera out because I'm gonna hit the rooftop pretty soon. And then I was like, oh, camera's dead. Oh, jeez. So I did 29 floors. In so I shouldn't be frustrated that I had technical difficulties with the podcast the past few weeks. Oh, I, I that's nothing. I completely relate. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It happens to everybody and it, in that in the industry I'm in, it's to be expected too. Yeah, yeah. What was the most terrifying thing that you experienced when you were doing the the the, the abandoned buildings? Um, I've gotten like physical like injuries. Like I've I've cracked heels, 
like I've fallen two and a half stories laid on my back for like an hour before I was able to move again really yeah it was just, and you're going I can't really call for help because because I'm trespassing right. also like I'm in a place where it's difficult to get to me where people would probably get hurt trying to help me oh yeah you'd be fucked I'd be fucked they'd be like hey we're gonna come save you but you're going to jail after we're done with the hospital yeah yeah. So it was it was like that scene from Family Guy where Peter like I think he like stubs his toe on the sidewalk or like he trips and he's just like ah. so that's me for an hour. And you're going yeah, so what do you do, man? You um you limp out. You limp out and then you, you find the will and the courage to somehow start moving. Yeah, he's just like also when you're up there, you can take your time. Like cuz you know nobody's coming for a while. No one's coming for a while. You have all night to get your shit together. Jesus. How old were you when you were doing this? 20 when I first started. Okay. Yeah. There was already a group of people who were already so on the So you were still you were still young and dumb basically. Still young and dumb. Yeah, I um not making any money off of this. I did it for the the thrill and like the pleasure of it. And it was nice. Um also like once you're up there you're pretty safe. Like a rooftop is flat. Yeah. 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 Once you're there you're fine, right? Yeah. It's probably just the anticipation. Yeah. And just praying to God that there's nobody auditing the building or whatever, walking through. Yeah. Or... I've had a couple of close <laughs> calls. Um, one of my favorite stories is uh, the, the Hilton building downtown. The new one. The yeah. new one. All glass, under construction. Um, I had not realized they had such a late construction schedule. So I'm halfway through this building where I'm hearing work going on and I'm hiding in a closet until they clock up, which is, I think, Ugh. an hour or two. But the oh, view was worth geez. it, and it was amazing. And you're thinking to yourself, if somebody opens this freaking closet door right now... I'm fucked. I'm fucked, right? Yeah. Are you just like, what am I going to do if somebody opens this door? Yeah. Also, the photos I took from that night, um, the the company saw that, and they were like... Because I climbed their crane. So you're doing the same stuff that, we, that yeah. we're talking about, like yeah. climbing the cranes, going up. I mean, you're, li- you're putting your life at risk. Yeah. Um, Cleveland's not as intense as any other city. Right. It's a little more low-key. A lot more people don't understand it here because a lot of people don't. And I have other things to worry about. Mm-hmm. But that, that construction company actually bought the image. Did they really? And they were... Um, they actually paid me to give information about how I got into the building. So I hope I didn't get anyone fired, but I also think I prevented like some yeah, things being stolen. Yeah, prevented further trespassing. And further further yeah. trespassing. Made it a little bit harder, but I've been up there in that site. Was that the first time you got paid from one of those pictures? Yeah, yeah, and it, it worked out really well because I've had people send like almost like a cease and desist. Like, what were they paying you for something, or like what's the range? Um, You kind of have to make it up because like it's not... Are you talking several hundred or several thousand? Like several thousand. Really? Like I'm saving you money here. Like I'm not stealing anything, but somebody could come in and steal something. No kidding. Yeah. So they're basically like, hey, we're going to buy this from you, but we're going to own the rights so you can't redistribute this thing because we'll be fucked. Yeah. It's pretty much what Also, like no one, I completely understand this. It's also why it stops doing it as much. Like no one wants to know that their security doesn't work. Yes. Well, they, it's, it's not that they don't want to know it. They just, if they want to know it, they want to make sure nobody else knows it. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? So the nine, um, I had climbed it a little bit after their, like, once it had opened, made it all the way to the top, and they sent me, like, they'd gotten a hold of me. They sent me a phone call, and I was like, hey, you need to take these photos down. 
Um, they're beautiful. They're super awesome. But we have some very important people in this building who would not appreciate it if they knew somebody could get into the rooftop so easily. Really? Yeah. And this was before it was even opened? Or was it after? It was already open. Yeah, okay. it was already open. So what ha- What do you do in a situation like that? You, you take it down. You don't want to tempt fit. You don't want it to be on anyone's bad side. And then the people that are with, I convinced them to take their stuff down. You know, amidst, like, pride. People are like, I'm not going to take this down. I'm like, just do it. You had anyone else that you were working with, like a counterpart, or were you doing most of this by yourself? I did a lot of it by myself until I started getting into the groups that were already established, because you start to just admire each other, and I was like, let's finally meet up and, like, climb something. And Because you, you guys are following each other on social media, yeah. and you're taking things from this guy, he's taking this from you. Yeah. I also didn't want to be that person to be like, hey, how'd you get up there? I would be the person who was like, I'm just going to figure it out myself, and hopefully you notice Oh, interesting. Because you never want to be the groupie. You want to be, like, someone of equal level, like a peer. Right, or somebody that's just doing their own thing, leading instead of following. Yeah, because I never wanted to ask people about how they did it, or, Mm -hmm. like, how do I... I I didn't want to be the person that asked, like, a thousand questions. I'm just going to go do it and figure it out for myself. Uh And hopefully I do it right. And hopefully the right people, like, the people that I admire see it, and they would invite me. And that's how I got into getting into more groups. So, okay, so this thing starts with, I'm going to, I see an opportunity with Instagram. I'm going to go do something different. You're putting pictures up on your social media. Do you see your social media? People are starting to follow through that. Is that where you're? Yeah. And I and think this is what year? 2000? We're, we're getting into 2014. 14. So about five years ago. Okay. Yeah. And then because I was still technically the new kid in comparison to other people in the group, um, that have been doing it before Instagram. Graffiti artists, um, people who just did it for the fun. Um, and then Instagram started to pick up, and then a lot of people just didn't appreciate the attention that it brought. And more people started to become more aware. And You're saying at that time, people, your normal person that's on there was just using it for whatever, yeah. and you saw value, like opportunity. Yeah, I saw work, and I saw gigs. Um, I just saw, like, the more eyes, the better. And then sometimes... Some people would see the photos. It was like, let's see what you can do with that camera. And that's where the photography part started to pick up more. And I started to use the interesting things that I've been doing to get into other places. Interesting. So 14, you're doing that. You're starting to network. Yeah. You're meeting new people. Um how do you get from that then to ultimately realizing, okay, this was good, this was a kind of a cool start, but I'm starting to see the the tide shift where, you know, if it was 90% uh, helpful for my brand before, yeah. now I'm seeing it's more like 50-50 or maybe it's going the other way because I'm, I've got clients, I've got people, people are taking me more seriously now yeah. and I can't be getting into trouble. How, where, where does that, when does that start to happen? Um, a huge breakthrough in the rooftoping thing was, uh, a local rapper named Tezza, who's super tight with the Machine Gun Kelly EST family. I saw Machine Gun Kelly follows you. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been on tour with him. That's awesome. Yeah, he yeah. was. I was super grateful enough to be on the road with him for I think three, three, four weeks. That had to be wild. It was super wild, but it was also um, a very stressful time because this was right before his album Bloom came out. Like this was maybe the press run for it so we were doing shows every single oh, day oh I'm sure you didn't stop so he was stressed I was stressed to push out content for him and he I think he was in pain too he had like 
he had I think not a not a heart attack but he had some heart problems so he mm-hmm. was on medication so he wasn't allowed to be as wild as he wanted to be and you can tell that frustrated him yes I could imagine yeah and also this was like an album coming out and it was like this is the album that could um I wanted to make or break because he was doing great but this was also a time where his label which is I think um with Diddy I don't right. know the label but Diddy had just gotten rid of everybody besides Machine Gun Kelly oh, so he was really? just like so this was really his big moment this is this is like yeah this is because so this was what about two years ago yeah no give or take two three years ago yeah two, three, I think three because I just had this conversation on this podcast I had a local rapper LV from I, Fleet, I was listening LV, to that okay him and Billy Gura and I was saying the same thing like Machine Gun Kelly was huge I mean he was obviously successful but something happened in the past couple years where he went his his celebrity went to the top I mean he's at the top of the game right now he started diversifying getting into acting um Diddy hugely believed in him like he believed in him a lot and I like I'm not an insider anymore I'm more from the outside now because I can like I've been there but I'm not a part of it anymore but Mm -hmm. um I think a huge break for him was Lollapalooza and then Rolling Loud and the festival circuit really of people seeing him like strangers who are here to see somebody else and then they can see this amazing wild performance from some Midwest kid. Yeah. Um, so that's where he really got his where you think his stardom really plat started to take off from the festival circuit. So being wow. on the being on the main stage. Um you know those people are there all day for the closing act like um for Kanye West for a childish Gambino and he's still on the same stage. But these people are tired. They've been there all day, and they get to see this wild performance. That's interesting. That, I would have I, never thought that. Yeah, and um, I think that was that was amazing. Also, he put out a hit record with that that went crazy yeah, platinum. With right. That, that was the one, right? That's yeah, that was the moment. Things. That was. Yeah. It's because he had an awesome photographer with him there for about three or four weeks. Maybe that had something to do with it. Who I knows? I was. I was green then because I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I had taken the job and they had believed in me. And You knew one of his guys. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, you want... And they, they said, let's bring him on. So they had reached out to me the weekend before. And I was like, hey, are you free Monday to hop on a plane and meet us in Nashville? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> and I, was, I had to send in an invoice. I had to make sure everything was set for while I was gone. Like gigs that I were booked for were Were covered. you like, holy shit? Yeah, because it was like one of those... It was. A make or break moment. Yeah, talk about for you. I mean, that's huge yeah, for your yeah, career. Yeah, but I was super green about it. Um, they were super helpful with like the stepping stones because this was my first time on the road mm-hmm. with not just like a band, but like somebody who had his who was oh. like I I got it good. Like I had my own bed on a tour bus. Like I'm not sharing a van with like 16 other dudes and we're like sleeping on each other's shoulders. Wow. Yeah. So I was incredibly lucky in that situation. Like that was my first experience, but I also screwed it up a little bit because I had no idea like what I was doing, what to look out for because I'd never experienced that. And they were super helpful about that. And at some point, Machine Gun Kelly even sat me down and was like, hey, we're going to edit these videos together. So, you know, my brain, what he's trying, where he's coming from. Yeah. 
So what, when you when you made mistakes, you said what was it? Was it the video editing? It was the video piece? editing. It was me missing cues because I I didn't because everything was just so overwhelming. And like to be honest, what's like, an example of missing a cue for anyone who doesn't know? When they're when they're doing a performance, you know, um, a set is usually thirty minutes to an hour, mm-hmm. and that seems like a lot of time, but it also a lot of stuff happens and a lot of stuff doesn't stop for me. Like, if I miss it, I miss it. I can't stop a performance. And then they'll bring it up, like, hey, did you catch that? And you I was say, like, oh, shit. I was like, no, I didn't. I don't think so. And there were times <laughs> where he wanted to wring my neck. And I completely understand. Like, yeah. he should have thrown me off that bus because I was still figuring things out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were super, super acceptant. And, like, they, we all still hang out. I had the chance to meet up with them in Pittsburgh. But because he did a show there Sunday, yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. Um, but I had already been there for. You know, three uh, days. Tim D. Pasquale. I think so. Was he on the tour with him at that one? He's been on here too. He, he uh, he's a local producer. Was on the was on that show or was in that ho- the Sausage Castle with Mike Busey or something. I know about that. You know yeah. what I'm talking about, yeah. He's he's uh, he was on the one of those tours with him, so I was just curious, but. Uh, that had, I mean, that's a major, major moment for you, man. I mean, you're like taking pictures in, in these abandoned warehouses in, in Cleveland, Ohio, Tremont, Ohio City, wherever the hell you're running yeah. around to. And then fast forward a few years later, you're on tour with Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. So that I was, mean, that's that was that was two and a half, three years ago almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. 2017. Yeah. Ish. Okay. Yeah. I don't like to to brag about it because it was such it was it was time ago like I was so like I've done other things since then. well you probably feel like you looking back to the that Kevin that was doing that three years ago to where you are now you probably like you can't even compare the two right? yeah because I would I would smack that kid too yeah. I, would, I would be mad at myself and I was like you screwed that up right yeah actually you would have been more harsh on yourself it sounds like than they were on you they, they you would have thrown yourself off that bus like you said yeah they gave you a chance to stick around they were like I was incredible. What's the great. partying like, man? I know he was probably a little bit drugged up or whatever. What's the partying like on, on a tour like that? Um, it's fun. It's a lot of smoking. Um, the great thing about like being on the road is everyone's so accommodating. Like the venues and the people that want to hang out with you. So, mm-hmm. um, people would buy sections at events. We were in New York. Um, I'm not allowed to say for what, but we were in New York and we went to this thing called emo night in new york and it's usually organized in la but he got to host it got to hang out with a bunch of people uh i got starstruck started hanging out with like people in in that industry not just like musicians but other photographers you start to yeah you're rubbing shoulders with these elite other familiar tour, faces familiar like, fa- yeah. faces other tour photographers like i looked up to you and yeah like, <laughs> i was like now i'm here in this room and it was it was amazing you That's get cool. to see that awesome lifestyle and what so what does that do for you? You get home from that tour, right? You just you're probably like a whirlwind of four weeks out of your life. You come back. Where's what's your mental state at that point? I'm trying to remember. I I hopped straight back into the concert scene. Um, I had been shooting for the Agora, mm. on and off doing just constant just shows, any shows because um, I'm of the mindset of like if you can at least book the event, I'm gonna show up. Cause you have to have some sort of audience, right? Like you have to be good in some sort of way. right. If, you, if you're yeah, if yeah. you're good enough to book one of these venues, there's talent there. Also, m- one of my favorite things to do is like go to these events or shoot a show of a musician that I've never heard of, and 
be blown away by someone mm-hmm. because I've heard them for the first time live. Can you imagine like going to see somebody? Imagine your favorite artist, and it was like I've never heard of this person before. Yeah. And then you show up, and it was like, and then someone's gonna be like, "Hey, you just listen to Bruce Stinks, right?" Like Bruce, because he had to be a no name at some point. Yeah. Right. It's like it's that's just it's so amazing, right? There's yeah, there's so much talent coming through Cleveland too. I love it. There's such there's such good talent in the Cleveland music scene. I feel like we are vastly underrated in the type of talent that we produce out there. They just don't get enough exposure. They're not they're not I don't know what it is, man. It's it's super weird. Um and the city kind of has to grow as well with, along with the talent and it's definitely improved because I remember when the flats weren't mm-hmm. a thing. Like there's nothing down there or um there weren't as many buildings to climb on. Right. Back then I was just like I can name like 10 and that's it. Like all on two hands. And I was like, now there's more things to climb on, or musicians popping off. It's crazy. It's crazy. So when you got back, is that the, about the time where you really started going more into the editorial? I know you're still doing concerts, but you're doing more. Where do you start bringing in these 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 young honeys from all over town? How how does that happen? Um, you when, whenever I try to explain this to people, I try to tell them to start off with photographing your friends because you it's very hard to convince a stranger to shoot right when they don't know who you are yeah they're like word of mouth is super important they're there. like wait a sec you want me to bend over the chair over there with my your butt out my bikini yeah. And, uh, yeah. or my bra yeah. yeah yeah um and like you have to present yourself you know in a i'm just pulling up your instagram yeah it's fine um yeah you start off photographing photographing your friends and then those friends talk to each other and it was like oh hey this person did a really good job and then you start building up this network of like trust and like good word of mouth and it it went crazy from there you had your own studio at the time i didn't have my own studio yet okay i was using other people's spaces um the studio is fairly new it's about almost a year and a half now so you would just go into other people's places, like homes or apartments or Airbnbs, people's homes. It's also a really weird thing too when people trust you in in their house. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, well, you... like we are right now. Yeah, right. Yeah. I had no idea. I was like, I've never been to Orange, Ohio. Yeah. And I yep. was like, okay. Um, nice friendly neighborhood. Nice friendly neighborhood. Yep. Um, yeah, man. So it's word of mouth. So you just started photographing your girlfriends or girls that you knew that you were friendly with. Yeah. And um, and you said to them what like someone that wants to do this because there's a lot of people that want to get into photography they're trying they're doing it what do you say you call them and say what you just introduce yourself and just say that you're interested in doing a shoot but like with your friends you said hey I'm I'm moving over to editorial and I yeah, think you, yeah you can start off with like the super simple portrait no one was getting naked in the beginning no one was doing anything risque or anything like that mm-hmm. and then people would start to bring up as like hey I want to shoot stuff like this and I was like okay we can try that I'm new to it too and then we it's a learning process together and now I have the portfolio to back up anything that I, I usually ask for you so know? this was a couple years ago this, this was all, a couple years ago and this, this all started around the same time as the, the machine gun Kelly stuff sure and it was it was it all happened around the same time so I mean, and that's pretty much become your prime focus, right? I mean, when I look at your yep. website, when I look at your Instagram now, I mean, you go through here, guys. Chirk, C H U R K H. What does that stand for? Uh, it's actually just I just pronounce it Church. Um, it's very hard to I can't 
get the username church, like C-H-U-R-C-H. So this is close enough. Huh? That's close enough. Also, it's different <laughs> than I can't, I can't, also can't trademark church or get church.com. Uh, so that, folks? adding the, the K into it is a bit different. See that? That's a mind right there. That's a business mind right there. I like that. Yeah. Also, it's much better. Like you get to kind of narrow down your audience. Like I would, I would feel really bad if someone types in church.com and got my website. <laughs> got you, yeah. This would this would be a different form of church, man. Yeah. They'd be praising the Lord coming to this coming I, to these it, pictures. To be honest, that's you. how Instagram is. Like that's when I first got realized the name. I was like followers and followings. I was like, this is kind of like, just like, hey, going, going to church. Going to church. Yeah. I like that, man. So who are some like like I'm looking at this girl, Joyous. Joyce, um, Joyce, she's pretty she, hot. She is lovely. She's an amazing human being. Um, she's a really good friend of mine. Um, doesn't do, doesn't really partake in the modeling as much anymore. She's just very focused on getting into more like styling and just more fashion. Um, nice, Joy Powell. Yeah, she's amazing. She looks very pretty. Yeah, they all are, man. All your shots are great. Who are some of these girls? Let's see. I know Yovana. How do you say it? Yovana? Yovana? Can I? Yovana. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. She's... Well, you did say in your bio you're not good with names. So I'm you, terrible not... with names. I'm so bad <laughs> at names. That's hilarious. I also don't save. He goes, show me the picture. Who are we talking? I don't <laughs> save phone numbers. I don't know why. You don't why. save names and the numbers? It's hard. Wow. It's, it's just really annoying for me. No kidding. You can climb up to the 14th story of an abandoned building. But you can't type in that name, huh? I just don't. I don't bother. It's that's what it is. It's just too much. It's annoying to you. Um. Also, like I got also a, a great thing that actually helps out with photographing women is um working in the nightclub scene. Oh yeah. So I had bit. I started off at um this place called the Bank. It sounds familiar. In Public Square that closed down. Okay. Um. My second day there, the club got shot up. No shit. Someone died, and the club closed. So I went to another one called Rumor. Wow. Worked there for a couple months, and then I was at Barley House for I think almost two years, mm -hmm. and then on and off with Forward, and on and off with the new Ivy, which is the old Liquid. Well, so are you doing that still? Um, not as much, uh, only because I am a little more expensive now. Because also, like I don't have the interest anymore to stay up until three well that makes it hard too morning. and then how do you perform the next day with yeah. you have real clients to go see yeah sometimes I have to like I sometimes it's sleep in the studio yeah 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 dude I'm enamored with your page man you got all these these girls are absolutely stunning some of them well a lot of them are <laughs> that's fine um, and some and they're, and they're all lovely like and the great Raw, thing is exactly. their, their personality is great exactly. and that's all I really ask for people is like just don't be a dick like I'll kick you out so are they coming to you now, direct? You're getting direct messages? What's the best way to contact you? Usually just Instagram DMs. Um, yeah. My phone number's on there. I always respond to somebody who sends an email. Like, if someone is willing to do that, you have my attention. Do you do headshots at all, or is it mostly... Yeah, you I do, do headshots you as do well. Headshots, Instagram's yeah. a really bad... Um, my Instagram's a really bad, like, portrayal of what I do all the time. Because right. I do weddings, too. Yeah, I saw your website had a lot more than what you show on Instagram, too, right? Yeah, I do a lot of event photography. I do a lot of charity work. Um, I'm all for that. Nice. Who's this? If I told you her name, you wouldn't know it anyway. So try it. Sonia Constable. Uh, actually, she's one of more of my favorite ones. Really? Look yeah. At that. She um she hit me up. We've only shot once. She's a lovely human being, signed to an agency. I see that. Yeah. She came to me, I feel like on a reference from another friend, 
She's definitely hot. Yeah. She's, she's definitely. She from New York? Um, one New York's oh, OU alum. Yeah. And the, the thing about like the models too is like they all go other places, and I get really proud about that too. And mm -hmm. they use my work, and it's on their comp card, and like an agency in New York sees it. I have a friend who. I did her. I I'm the only person who's done her digitals, and she's gone to Hong Kong, lived in China for three months. Uh, now she's signed to an agency in New York, but all her photos are are mine. She's using all your stuff. Yeah. You know who else is kind of cute? Got a different look to her. This cat Pradinic. She's a she's a just um a casual model. She doesn't do it full yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Different look, you know. Yeah. So like you said, they're all different. Yeah, all and that, they all. Sorry, guys, we're not trying to t talk to talk about you, like your property. But hey, listen, these are hot hot pictures. That's what you're here for, I guess, right? Yeah, I guess that's why you got me. That's here. why you. That's why you hired this guy in the first place, so we can talk about you, and, and it's working. Yeah, guys, check it out. Church with a K H C H U R K H. Yeah. So this is the full time gig now. This is a full time gig. I've been full time since I was. On tour with Michigan Kelly, I'd quit my job at H and M. No kidding. It was more of like I didn't have time to put in two weeks. They didn't give me time to put in two weeks. They were like, "Hey, you need to be on the, you need to be on a plane in three days." Plane's already been paid for. All that. What were you doing at H and M? Some garbage job. Probably I was you um, hated, that you probably hated. It wasn't so bad actually. I no? was um, I can't remember the exact position, but I was the guy rearranging the store and like putting up the posters. I wasn't register anything like that oh, okay so like my job was visuals actually that was the position. which is kind of what you do i mean that's you yeah the eye for it yeah you would get like this thing in the mail or thing in the the mail at the office you're like hey the store has to look like this yeah you know this is what the display needs to look like and i'm like i can do that easy also like you just have to make things look good which is what i do how much work how much are you doing with these girls are you are you Get putting them in all these different positions. Are you really involved, or are you just telling them to flow and, and you're, you'll snap the shots? Um, I I direct a lot. You do a direct. Yeah, and also it speeds things up. Cause um, one of my pet peeves when working with other photographers or just like second shooting is when someone tells you to just stand there, that does nothing. Like there's no confidence on the photographer's end, and then when the photographer's not confident, then the model's not confident. If they don't know what to do, if they don't know your vision. So that's why when I usually do shoots, I send in example images of other photos or what the space looks like so the model knows what they're getting themselves into. So they're not bringing anything that doesn't make sense. Interesting. That's good. Yeah. It's more efficient. More it's efficient. More efficient. I am also like of the mindset too when someone's like, I want to book three hours. And I'm like, I don't want to shoot for three hours. So yeah, um, let's, let's cut that in half. Let's cut that in half. You don't need that many photos anyways. Yeah. I'm... Of the months, and also people appreciate it when you try to save them money. Well, that's the thing too. Yeah, yeah you could easily milk them for three hours, but you're doing yeah. them a service. Yeah, I also like you shoot for three hours, then I'm gonna be looking at a computer for another three hours. How do you leverage your ten thousand followers, give or take? How do you now move this? What's the next step in the church effect? Um, so this actually, I'm still figuring that out. I recently just finished up having interns from high schools. I had one from Solon, one from Shaw, one from John Hay. Um, and I like the work that they all did. And they all requested for me. They all came out of nowhere. They was like, hey, yeah, I have to do this senior project. And I'm like, to graduate. And I'm like, you really sure you want to hang out with me? 
and then somebody was like, I need to do 50 hours. I'm like, we're not doing 50 hours. That's <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, hey, you can come and hang out What a studio. cool senior project, man. I get to go and watch half-naked girls yeah. dance around. Sometimes some of the stipulations from the school was like, hey, they can't actually do that. So I would have them kind of like sit in on meetings or book their own shoots. Mm -hmm. Give them a space to photograph in. Because if they were following oh, wait, me... So why would the school not allow them to do that? Because they're still, some of them are still not 18 yet. Or some of them are still in high school. The school's just covering their ass. Just covering it just in case. Yeah. yeah. It's a blurry line. It's a blurry line. And I, yeah. I do my best to be on the more, the more positive side. Also, it's a really bad impression to leave on kids. Like, like that's the only thing I do. Because like... I do the headshots. I do the weddings. You sh you want to show them the full business behind yeah. just what you see on Instagram. Yeah. You know, sometimes I have to do my taxes or like I do my taxes. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You got to show them the book. Show them this is a business. You know, it's it's all glamour when you go online and you see a new headshot or some girl wearing you know a thong. But yeah, like you have to talk to you your insurance. It was like, hey, I'm doing a shoot out of state. Am I covered? Or yeah. like, I need to rent equipment. Things yeah. Like that. Or you got to cover your rent for the studio yeah. or, yeah. yeah. And the studio is great because we also have other photographers in the space. Mm -hmm. And that's super important for me. Um, a friend of mine, I couldn't fit as many people as I could on my insurance. But I had a friend who was a, um, a photographer teacher. And he was like, I can fit eight people. And I was like, eight people is perfect. So we have eight people in the studio. Nice. All operating on Google Calendar, all doing different things. So there's no toes being stepped on. You in the studio every day? I try to be. I'm uh, super close to it. You live downtown? I live in Lakewood. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So close it's just, enough. It's just a hop on the showway. Nice. Uh, I'm over on East 25th, right by like the Asian plazas and all that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Listen, it's fascinating what you're doing, man. It's uh, it's a crazy world now with with the social media. It's weird. And the we're internet. All trying to figure it out. Right. Yeah, like your, I like your answer. I like that you're candid. Like, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do yet. Like, how do I leverage this to the next level, and what kind of opportunities might come along? You know, it's it's weird because another five years from now, you might not even be doing this. So that question's not right? even valid anymore. It's like, what are you doing five years from now? I it's don't know. Not you're right. Yeah, because five months from now, it could be something different. You might get a call from who the hell knows. Hey, you want to come join us on a, on a tour? Yeah, or on a movie set. Next thing you know, you're doing something in the production. Like, you just never know, man. Yeah. Right? It's very interesting. Very strange. People can reach you at Chirk. Yeah. C-H-U-R-K-H. Yeah. Who is your favorite, before we finish off, who is who is your absolute, if you can choose one, if you're willing to, favorite person to, that you've ever shot? A favorite person I've ever shot? Um, a really good friend. This is one of the people that let me photograph her. Mm -hmm. In the very beginning, and trusted me with her image. It's always the first one. It's always the first one. Her name's her name's Sarah. She goes on Instagram as Bella dot Bella dot one. Bella dot one. Yeah. Um. She's currently living in New York right now, but she's, uh, she was recently on Barstool Sports actually for oh. doing a photo shoot in Times Square. No pants, none of that. Mm. Yeah. So she was like. So she's a she's a, a fun one. She's a fun one, and right. she's a sweetheart too. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure most of them are, right? All of them are sweethearts, yeah. and that's all I ask for. Yeah. You don't need the prima donnas. It's just not... What's the point? Yeah. I don't need that stress. No. So, Bella.1. Bella.1 is Kevin's favorite. Yeah. She was, she was one of the first people that trusted me. Yeah. And then, So, th there's something special to that as well. Yeah. Because that's not easy, man. Yeah, it's super hard to get into that launch, get in that first, those first few. It, listen, I could kind of relate on a smaller scale to this podcast. Yeah. 
Like, hey, I'm starting a podcast. Okay, yeah. now what? And, and uh, you want to come on? Well, who have you had on? And I'm sure you've asked your friends in the beginning, like the people that you know who won't let you down. It's like, hey, I want this person to come on. And like, I know they can come on because we're good friends. Right. How can they say no? Yeah. And this is our first time meeting. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, it's just like one of those things too where you like, you're, the beginning of anything is always the hardest because you want people to take you seriously. seriously. You need that credibility factor and that takes time. And like you said, you don't want to do anything to jeopardize it. So yeah. Uh, but hey, man, listen, I, I appreciate it. It's, a, it's an awesome story. It's uh, it's cool to see that. I didn't realize that you were doing the climbing thing and that's on breaking a, the law. That's on a different Instagram account. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, How do we see those pictures? So if you actually just typed in my full name, Kevin Inthavong, I-N-T-H-A-V-O-N-G. And we'll link it up. Mm-hmm. There's a, I was on the cover of Cleveland Scene. Really? For doing rooftops. There's me climbing like Detroit Superior. That oh, that's bridge. badass, man. And I, I sent the photo. They blew it up. Um, it was a Christmas, so it was a great birthday present to myself. Absolutely. What was this, 2014? 2014. Yeah. My sister has it framed. I just helped her move out the other day, and I like looked at it. I was like, I don't even have a copy of this. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So Kevin.Inthavong. Or just Kevin Inthavong. You can just Kevin Google Inthavong, it. You can Google it. You'll see it. It'll be a Cleveland Scene article. I've been on Fox 8, all that stuff. Well, now you've been on the Optimal Life podcast, my friend. Absolutely. So Pleasure. Pleasure. You're continuing to move up in life. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate you coming. Seriously, Lynn, we'll stay in touch. Absolutely. Thanks right, for buddy. having me. Thank you.